0: Hey, this podcast comes with a warning, unlike other podcasts. This one is going to be some pretty deep thinking. You're going to have to focus on this one to uh, keep up. Uh, but I've been excited about going through this podcast for months now, and I'm glad the time's finally here. So I've learned an important aspect of human nature in all my years on this earth, uh, and that is that we need context. Like As humans, we need context for what's going on, so that we better understand any topic let me give you a story to illustrate a woman brings home a chocolate malt to her husband of 40 years he's not had a chocolate malt like this in over 30 of those years not even once mostly because of the calories he loves the chocolate malt he just didn't eat it because of the calories now his wife believes that he will love eating the chocolate malt today of all days no Without context, you might have no idea why she would believe something like that. Because if you only knew those facts, had not had a chocolate malt in over 30 years, they've been married for over 40 years, but today she believes that he will want a chocolate malt, then you don't really understand the story because there isn't any context to why she believes what she believes. So let me provide context. Her husband's been diagnosed with terminal cancer and only has a few months to live. This is her way of helping him to understand he can live it up from this time forward. So when she walks into the house, she hands him the chocolate malt, and he begins to cry because he knows that she remembers that he loved these chocolate malts those 30 long years ago, and that means a lot to him, and it also means a lot to him what she is trying to say is that, hey, it's now your time to live it up whatever amount of time you have left. Now, if you have that context, then the beginning of the story has more meaning, and you would understand why she bought the chocolate malt and brought it home to him. Him. Life is like this. There's so much of life and then there are so many stories where if we don't have the context, if we don't really understand the story, then the story doesn't mean anything to us. And so I think a lot about how important context is. People who know me know that whenever I start out a meeting that I'm running, I normally spend the first 5 minutes of the meeting setting context for everybody because I don't like diving into the topics of the meeting if I feel like not Everybody is bought in to the context for why we're even here having the conversation that we're having. Context sets the scene for facts. It creates an environment for understanding those facts. Context helps us to understand the overall story, and we love stories. For a lot of us, stories aren't just something that entertain us or that educate us. For a lot of us, stories are what brings meaning to life and that our lives are a piece of of an ongoing story, and we seek to understand the context of that story. What does my life mean? What is it going to mean? What's everything that I'm going to do? Add up everything that I'm going to do over the course of my life, and how is that going to be a part of any kind of larger story? Now, stories reach us at, I think, our deepest parts of being. I think uh, maybe this is because for all of humanity, we use stories to get across wisdom. We use stories to entertain ourselves. I mean, stories have been one of the richest part of our lives if you really think about stories. I mean, they capture our attention, they teach us, entertain us, as I said, and they inform us. I mean, a life without stories is an empty life indeed. We strive in our own lives to be in a good story and to have the story of our lives, to be able to fit into a larger story that might possibly have some spiritual meaning or at least some meaning on a human scale. But what happens to us, if there is no larger story, if there is no larger story for us to live inside. In other words, no context as to why we are doing what we are doing or why we are here or what it is we're trying to achieve in this life. Now, I know this might all sound, you know, a bit of a philosophical conversation, and I actually am going to get very practical about what is the story of our world right now. And I'm going to present to you what I think the story of our generation right now really is and what our role in that story can be if if looked at from some historical viewpoint. And I think you might find it interesting, right? What is this story? It might give you something to really think about. The next series that I'm going to do is all on digital philosophy. And I want you to have some context for the the four or five different podcasts I'm going to do in this digital philosophy series, which I've already started to design. I want to really deal with this very important concept of a universal story, because I think it will provide uh, some context context for you about why so many of us feel untethered in life at this moment uh, in history and what the role of digital transformation is in that. And maybe in a bigger picture, what's happened with this collision of social transformation that started back in the 60s, right? And then weaving right into the digital transformation that we are living in today. We used to have a better story. I mean, I, I was born in the 60s, but even back in the 60s, we had a better story as to what society was was trying to achieve, you know, a better world, Uh, going to the moon, eradicating disease, hunger, solving social issues. Yes, we're still doing a little bit of some of these things, but they are not creating the same kind of vibrant story that they did maybe back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, Back in the 60s and 70s, you know, the hippie generation, they were going to change the world and they were excited and proud of what they were going to do to change the world. We seem to have less of a compelling story right now for this generation generation, right, in this era. And an important question I think we really need to address is, what will be the narrative that historians will assign to us, Right now, as we, we sit here, right, in this era. But in 50 to 100 years, when historians look back, what will they say about us? What will be the story they tell about our time in the middle of this digital transformation, in the middle of this time in history? And what will be the context to our story today? I think when we look around, uh, there's a lot of people that, that talk about the VUCA world that we have today. And, and we label our time today as, yeah, it's VUCA, volatile, uncertain, complex, and a and ambiguous. And this is a pretty catchy concept, a catchy moniker that everyone's probably heard speakers talk about, including me. But if that's the definition of our time, it's not the story. It's just kind of the conditions that we lived in or we live in now. And and, and I would make sure that, that maybe you're thinking about the fact that if you were alive in the 60s, as I was, those times were VUA, right? We, they were absolutely volatile, uncertain, and ambiguous. We didn't have the same level of complexity, but I would argue that we had more than we even have today. I mean, if you think back to the 60s, I mean, kind of look at what we had. I mean, the world in the U.S. was in chaos in a lot of ways. I mean, we had presidential assassination and other uh, assassinations like Bobby Kennedy. Uh, We were in the middle of the Vietnam War. We had all kinds of generational strife where we had the young generations going in one direction that was vastly different than their parents. And you had the parents that were looking at the sex, drugs, and rock and roll hippie generation and saying, hey, they were going to destroy the world. I mean, more generation, strife by far than what we have today. We had more heated race issues. We had the specter of nuclear weapons hanging over the top of us. I mean, in school, I was having to practice getting underneath my desk in case a nuclear bomb dropped on Cleveland, Ohio. The 60s, I would argue, were more volatile, uncertain, and ambiguous than even our world today. But in the 60s and into the 70s, We had a better story. There were things that we were trying to achieve in the world, when we talk about the United States, that we could be proud of. We were trying to accomplish big things that I think were really started after World War II and in the 50s, right? That... that Culminated in the 60s and 70s, of hey, wait, we could change social, uh, you know, very egregious social things that are going on. You know, we could change gender bias. I mean, there were so many things that were born as far as improving the world in the 60s and 70s. And yeah, I'm going to give, if we want to call it the hippie generation, I'm going to give them a huge amount of credit for where they wanted to head as far as changing the world and trying to make the world a better place. My point is, we had a better story back then. At least we had a story, whether you agreed with it or not. And I I think today, the problem is we're a country that uh, is, you know, setting the economic example of prosperity in the world, right? Um, We're certainly doing that. Uh, But when we we look at some of the other things, yeah, we're still trying to rewrite some social mores and norms. Uh, You know, yes, we're Pioneering with technology—that's true. Uh, but you know, when when you look back at the '60s, I think you know we were still trying to perfect what the American dream was back then. That if anyone wanted to work hard, right, and and dreamed about being anything, they could accomplish it. And I don't think today people sit around trying to define or be excited by the quote-unquote American dream, uh, which just means that the story that we're working towards today isn't as vibrant as maybe the story was back then. Back in the in the 60s and 70s, I think we knew we were going places as a country. And, and I don't just mean we were big, powerful, had the best military. I don't mean anything like that. Uh, as you might remember, we weren't doing so well with the Vietnam War, right? If we look at it from a military standpoint. What I mean is, I think there was a, a esprit de corps that as a country in the United States, we were going to do things at a world scale that were really going to help. And I think even down to the individual, we were proud of what we were going to do. You know, when we talked about going to the moon and President Kennedy sold us on that dream, we did it. And we were proud that we made that accomplishment. We were making progress, even though the world was chaotic, even though in the United States, we were at the highest uh, rate of VUA that I've ever seen. Now, today, I think we lack that kind of compelling story. And we added the C, we added the complexity to the VUA. So now we are volatile, uncertain, but now we're complex and ambiguous. We've added a massive amount of technology uh, that would have seemed nearly impossible in the 60s, All right, We all know, uh, you know, Star Trek came out in the 60s. If people would see the technologies that we had today, they would absolutely have thought what we have today as being like science fiction. We've wo- woven massive amounts of this technology into our lives a- and become more powerful individually and certainly in organizations as far as what can be accomplished. We completely changed the dynamics of organizations that went from zero to a billion dollars in revenue or value, and sometimes in a matter of almost months. But at the same time, we are a bit damaged. I mean, we are, we are suffering in in more of ways than we suffered even back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, and I, I think part of that suffering is due to a lack of context for our lives. We are suffering for lack of a story to help us really understand the larger picture of our mission here on earth or our mission in what we're trying to do uh, in this country. And it's just something I, I'd love Love for you to step back and think about for a minute you know is it true that we are suffering from this lack of story now, this is a very individual thing uh, there are some people you know they've got either a spiritual grounding and they believe they've got a story that is absolutely compelling for them but as as a group of people right as a society in the United States I, I just believe we could add it up and say part of the reason uh, that some people are despondent or so hopeless or in such despair is that they cannot connect to some larger story of what we are trying to connect. All right, obviously, you know that I I believe we are living in a digital transformation, but I believe we're living in more than just a digital transformation. Uh, I see that there was a societal transformation that started back in the 60s, and it grew in the 70s, and then into the 80s. And that societal transformation uh, continues to this day. And I think that the scale of that societal transformation is huge. When I think about what society is like today, what it accepts, and how much more accepting it is of things that were not accepted at all back in the 60s. You know, when I think about what's become important to us and the progress that we've made today uh, since that time, the scale is almost bigger than most people today could even fathom. You know, if you think about the mix of the societal transformation that faded right into this digital transformation, and then you think about what the internet brought us with visibility into everything, everywhere, that all general knowledge became available for free at our fingertips and that this amplified the velocity of learning and awareness of how we all live, that we exploded the volume of information and communication that's at our fingertips and then how this has now forced us to do a bit of collective soul searching. We are more informed, better informed than we've ever been. Uh, We have the ability to self-learn in ways that we have never been able to before. We have aggregated the world's knowledge into one place to allow us to consume it. And with all of this, we also are struggling for meaning. As I said, the collective soul searching uh, is on. Look, we see in here wonderful things and horrible things. Uh, We're learning about the world much younger than before. Uh, We are learning dimensional more about the world and the people in it. Uh, we're now forced to look at our society and face all that is tragic, while also noting all that is beautiful. Uh, the societal changes that were inspired in the 60s ha- have now flowed right into the digital transformation of our time. And I believe this is part of what has created you know, some of the chaotic world that we have today, uh, and that it is our generation's job to navigate. And maybe a way to think about where we live today is we're in the middle of a story that we don't even understand we're in the middle of. And I want to explain to you what I think that story is. And I also want to talk a little bit about, well, what's the ending? And what will the end of the story look like when the the next decades, you know, kind of go by and we get to the end of them? So let me try to paint this picture for you of the story that I think we're living in and we need to give real thought to. And maybe this bigger picture will... Make you feel better about life maybe it'll give you more of a sense of mission and that's my hope because painting this picture clearly for me has absolutely given me a mission. I'm clear of what I want to do for the rest of my life because I believe in this story so strongly. So maybe it will be the same kind of blessing to you. All right. Our generation is working our way through this complex combination of social transformations that then mixed right into digital transformation. And while that is happening, while we're trying to get our hands around what is fair, what is right when it comes to all social decisions that we have to make, and then weaving in all of the magical technology that we have in the middle of this, we are clearly making some mistakes, right? We are, and we are getting divisive about the mistakes. I mean, there are people that are absolutely sure we should go left, people absolutely sure we should go right. And my guess is almost none of us are completely correct, but we are all very sure about the directions we should take. So we are making mistakes and we are trying to work our way through the confluence of these two, tra- these two transformations, the social transformation that started back in the 60s and the digital transformation that came in right on the heels of it and then have amplified the visibility into all this social transformation and change that we have out there. We're working to get better. We are. There are many of us, and I know if you're listening to this right now, then you absolutely are somebody who is listening to this because you care about trying to make the world a better place, and you care about, well, what is the overall story that I am inside and that I am working towards? I, I don't want to even say this is, this is not a, an American story or a U.S. story. This is a world society story. That we are living in right now and yes we're making mistakes yes we are working to make it better we we are striving for a world that seems a bit like a fantasy today like if we describe the world that i think we with most of us are working towards you know a world of peace uh a world where that that American dream is fully realized, right? Where there is fairness for all. Everybody's got an on-ramp to be as successful as they're willing to work hard or they're willing to take risks, right? A a a world where we have less crime, we have less darkness, less evil, Uh, you know, a a a world where there's more happiness and joy. You know, when I even start describing things like this, I can see maybe in some of your minds, you're like, that's a fantasy. We will never get there. In fact, I think it's getting worse worse, Scott. Yet, I believe that that is what we're striving for. And I know that that it's unfortunate that many people have fallen into a place of hopelessness, that the world is getting darker every day, and that we will never be able to create a future world that is dimensionally better than today. I, I, I can only say sometimes platitudes like, you know, it's darkest before the dawn, but that actually is true. Sometimes it is darkest before the dawn. And I feel a bit like part of the reason We've lost our story, and we've lost the context. Is because when we had the social transformation that mixed in with our digital transformation, it's so shattered uh, a lot of the basics about lives and how we spent our time and what we're working towards, and you know what everybody else in the world is doing and how we communicate and how we learn. It's so shattered that that has disoriented us. It's just disoriented us, and it's left us without the the hopefulness of a wonderful story going forward. I believe that we are working our way through this confluence of these transformation. And I believe we are making progress. And to give you, you know, a bit of my proof of that, let's look at this. Uh, I believe we're transcending today where we were and that we will build a world that will propel us forward to a place of prosperity and peace and fairness. Will it be perfect? I doubt it if human beings are involved. Will it be much better in the future than it is today? Yes. Why? Because given a choice between what you like prosperity, peace, and fairness, or would you like poverty, chaos, and evilness? (laughs) The vast majority of the world says they want prosperity, peace, and fairness. We just don't know how to get there. But I believe that this generation right now has a lot of people that are working hard to get us to that better future. And that that will be more of the end of the story, a a world where we will have more prosperity, peace, and fairness. Now, again, you may be looking at me right now saying, hey, you're just hoping for this, Scott. You're just hoping for this. You have rose-colored glasses on, right? You're just trying to be optimistic with no facts to stand on. Like, that's not true at all. You know, if you do any reading at all, uh, then certainly you've seen all the facts that have come out about the progress we've made made uh, over the last 40 years, right? Much less the last 200 years. I mean, sure. Are are, are things difficult and complex today? Yeah. Yeah. Are, Are there things to be concerned about? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, But again, there is a a larger story that we need to look at as far as the progress uh, that we are making. Uh, And and when I think about that progress, I think about things like we have um, lowered the child mortality rate by huge amounts. Uh, We have raised the average median wealth around the world. We have clean water in more places than we've ever had clean water before. Uh, We have less people dying in wars than we have ever had in history. We have less people dying of starvation than ever in history. We actually have more collaboration across the world as far as countries working with other countries to support them than we've ever seen in history. Uh, There are many facts, if you look at the facts about the world, that would tell you we are doing a good job uh, at improving many elements of the world. Again, It's easy to look at the darkness. It's easy to look at places where we are taking steps backward. But if you are just somebody who is into factivism, right, who really wants to look at the facts, I challenge you to go study over the last 50 years uh, the progress we've made around the world with life being better than it was before and, and show me, you know, statistics about how life is worse. Now, there are specific areas, like you could say there's more suicide in the United States now than there was before. And you would be right about that. But in total, it's difficult to argue against the facts that the world is improving as far as our humanity uh, and our progress. Now, uh, I'm happy... And proud to have my life in the middle of this time I'm excited about the rest of our collective story I believe that when historians look back at our generation now The story they're going to tell Is about people who came through a really difficult and chaotic time And maybe that time is from the 60s to the 2040s I mean, maybe it's 80 or 100 years But I believe historians are going to look back and say The steps forward that society made on both social issues and technology capabilities over this time was the most change and the most progress that humanity ever had. And we are living right in the middle of that. We are fighting to make that progress. And I think that's our story. I I think what we can take pride in is we will do much more than just survive this time i think we will looked at we will be looked at in history as the people who navigated this very difficult and unique stage of humanity we will be looked at as pioneers as problem solvers maybe we will be looked at as pioneers that are the next generation after those who took the the wagons you know west Uh, in the United States, but at a much bigger scale. And I believe our migration is what we call the transformation now, because the digital transformation, the social transformation that I mentioned, those things were huge in scope and scale. And again, I I am proud that as a society, we are fighting our way through these issues. And it isn't going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen real fast. It's going to be rocky along the way. Yet this is our story. And I love that during this story, we are continually making progress and we are problem solving you know we we are pioneering we are developing whole new ways to be able to accomplish tasks to move the world forward you know we are struggling to try to put the right laws in place we're struggling to create the right new social mores right uh, morals uh, to move society forward we're struggling to figure out how to interact with technology in ways that are helpful and not hurtful yeah we are struggling through all of this but maybe this is the story that we can all hold on to that for our lifetimes, we will be the ones that historians look back on and say, you know what, they muscled through it. They came through a, a very unique time in humanity where we had this confluence of social change and technology change that raised all kinds of thorny issues that society had never had before. But these people, these people worked their way through it and got us to prosperity, peace, and fairness. And thank God for those people. That's the story. I believe we could hang on to. Now, you know this podcast is called The Digital Optimist when you came here. And it's not Digital Optimist because I just like to look at the future and feel good about myself. It's called The Digital Optimist because I believe with every fiber of my being that we make progress as human beings. It is always rocky, not a straight line. But again, if you're somebody who loves facts, I do not believe you can go back 100 years, 200 years, 500 years and paint much of a picture for me that we don't make progress. In the larger picture of life that we are all painting together, we make progress. And we are making a lot of progress now under really difficult conditions. And that's why I'm so excited to live in the middle of this time. I'm proud to live in the middle of this time. I'm proud of all of those of you who are doing everything you can to make this a better point in time. And I hope this podcast maybe provided a little bit of context of a bigger picture of what we live in, what's going on, what is our story right now, what's your role in this story, and what can you do for the rest of your life that you could step back and say, yep, in a hundred years, when historians look back, they'll see some of what I did and they will say, thank God for him or her because they helped us navigate this really difficult time in humanity. So there you go. There's the larger picture of the story of humanity, just through my eyes anyway. And now we can kind of go on with the series that's all digital philosophy. And maybe this will just help build some more context for this story that I've told today. All right. Thank you for listening. Be thoughtful about about this and have a great Humology Day. Thank you for listening and giving these ideas a chance. Let this be a two-way conversation and connect with me on Twitter at S. Klesowski or on LinkedIn. I also write a blog that you can find at scottklasosky.com. An added bonus is a library of thought-leading graphics you can download from the site. One more thing, Please take a moment and race this podcast on whatever platform you use. Ideas are powerful change agents and positive reviews will help spread the digital optimism.